Hello, friends, and welcome to Spark My Muse. I am your host, Lisa Colon-Delay, and you are listening to Soul School, Lesson 233, Desert Songs. I just heard from my friend Yahya Lababidi, the poet and aphorist, who's been a friend of the show, a conversation partner, and a guest here at Spark My Muse, and he sent over a few treats, and I just could not wait to share them with you, and I'm bringing them to you now. And I hope to bring his other work to you called Learning to Pray in a subsequent episode. Since I have been concentrating on the Desert Fathers and Mothers, and his work is about the desert, I just thought it fit perfectly. And this bit that was in the beginning of his book was what forced my hand. It says, Exile is like the desert, a homeland for God. The desert's nakedness is borrowed from the skies. Freedom is like the desert. We only dwell in it in order to transcend it. The desert's enchantment is borrowed from that of eternity. The desert, homeland for the spirit, exile for the body. We go to the desert in order to quench our thirst for freedom. And that's from Ibrahim Alconi from A Sleepless Eye, Aphorisms from the Sahara. That's at the beginning of Yahia's book. It's a rather thin chapbook called Desert Songs, published this year, a bilingual chapbook inspired by his desert retreats in his motherland, Egypt. Yahia lives in Florida now as a seat of revelation. His first mystical experiences were documented in this poetry collection. This is the 10th collection from Yahia. These poems are, were originally conceived in English, and he has had them translated into Arabic as well by a translator named Osama Esber, a Syrian poet, translator, and publisher. I'll read you the preface to give you a sense of what's happening in the book. When I lived in Cairo, Egypt, over a decade and a half ago, I would head to the desert periodically to empty myself of the city's noise, overhear myself, and then lose myself. I approached these desert pilgrimages with the earnest intention and passionate belief that I was going to encounter that part of myself not entirely accessible in other circumstances. In the desert, there is nothing to hide behind, nowhere and no one to turn to. It is where all those mad hermits and mystics, my people, had their visions. It's an extreme environment, and I suppose I felt that if I flirted with that extremity in a committed, honorable way, a breakthrough might be granted to me. If you were somehow avoiding yourself and you went to the desert, somehow you would meet. The rumblings of eternity were there. If you could just be still enough, quiet enough, and indifferent enough to yourself, your many selves, your many frivolous selves. Walking, reading, musing, I felt outside space and time and came to realize the necessity of aloneness, aloneness as a prerequisite for the sublime sensations or epiphanies I sought. Sure, you could be alone around people, alone in your living room, but if you reach towards this elemental aloneness, one with the sand, the rock, the water, and the stars and the sea, you could experience a deeper innocence and purity of perception 
and as a result become a better witness to the life inside you and around you. The desert doesn't really care much for you. It may perhaps want you there, but it doesn't need you there. It doesn't seek to appease you in any way. It only wants to declare its harsh, bold truths, and if you can stand it, then you might stay. What you hold in your hands is a slender packet of yearning, poems inspired by my desert retreats over the years. I did not fully recognize at the time the nascent thirst in these poetic meditations, or how the profound spiritual longing in these reflections was to mystically point for me the way towards a spiritual and religious life, a path I am exploring with wonder and humbly deepening nearly two decades later. It means a great deal to me that this poetry collection is bilingual and that my words will return to the part of the world that inspired them in its native language. I am especially grateful that the Arabic is rendered by Osama Esper, a respected Syrian poet, translator, and publisher whom I'm fortunate to call a friend and who has previously translated poetry of mine. All of the remarkable photographs accompanying my poems are gifted by a young Moroccan photographer I admire, Zakaria Wakrim, a kindred spirit who knows well the mystery and magic of the desert. Thank you to my publisher for bringing my words back home to my beloved Egypt. And that was written by Yahya Lababidi in 2021. I skipped a few words in there, and I hope you'll get to read them for yourself as you get this book. I was very intimidated to pronounce them, and I probably already pronounced a few really incorrectly. There are six poems in this slender volume, and they are entitled Solitude and the Proximity to Infinite Things, Desert Revisited, Eternity Beckons, Mountain Meditation, Hermetic, and dark scuttles. These are so beautiful and the photography is so amazing. I don't want to spoil it all for you by reading each one of them. I will just read two. This is just a delicious piece of work and something very enjoyable that I think you will like. I also think that having it bilingual in Arabic is just a, a delightful addition that will really appeal to a whole extra group of people. Yahya is truly a kindred spirit to me. He has a poetic uh, kindred heart, a mystical soul, and uh, gets to the root of all things. And we find each other in this simple, uh, pure place together. That's why I really enjoy his, his heart and his work and conversing with him. The one I will read is from page six, and it is accompanied by an original drawing that he did, inspired by an ecstatic experience in the desert. It's another reason to get the book to see his drawing here. It's quite a beautiful thing to witness. This is called Desert Revisited. Under a whirling skirt of sky, streaming light and stars, groping for that tremendous hem, gingerly, over quicksand, as though steadied beneath some tongue and dissolving, not the absence of sound, but the presence of silence, or as if transfixed by a gaze, stern serene, surveying a dream, foreign familiar, incorruptible starting point, invulnerable 
horizon where I and mind are free to meditate perfection. There, begin to uncover buried in dust and disinterest the immutable letter, the first of the alphabet, Aleph. Under the ever-watching eye, fearsome sun, forgiving moon, bless the magnificent hand, all else is blasphemy, a lie. Experience quietude, the maturity of ecstasy, longing to utter the unutterable name, only striving supreme or pure can ever hope to endure the absolute face, the awesome embrace. There is so much luminous in this poem. There is so much of the divine here. I will just quietly, slowly back away in reverence. The next poem I'll read, the final one, is about twice as long and it's called Eternity Beckons. A sandaled foot sinks into the sand and time collapses. The landscape is transfigured. Everything lives and is unfinished. So much wet clay. Gently, brother, pray. Tread lightly. Heed the tenderness the vulnerability of all things. This is how I feel, groans the earth. Experience my birth pangs. Witness my death throes. Hear now the agony of perpetual creation. The earth heaves, breathes a sigh. The air is full of her pregnant cries. Watch the sky darken, hang heavy and low. With the lowering of the world-weary eyelid, the vegetation now a deep matte velvet. Widen the eyes, raise the head and spirit, the greenery is radiant with light. In the mystery of moods lies the mastery of scenery. With a look, one can color the landscape. With a look, the parched throat of a canal dampens. Wildflowers clamor to arrange themselves, surrendering her will. Nature is formed, deformed, transformed. The double helix of existence, laughter, suffering, elaborately they alternate, tugging at the spirit, the side of the mouth, the corner of an eye. The tear, like a pendulum, swings, heart laid bare, mapped out, like overlapping tightropes absorbing as a spider's net one misstep and one is caught carried away and helpless sees faces contort bend out of shape the singular harmony of features tortured by multiplicity violent winds agitating the surface of the waters ruins everywhere rocks like bones as hard as brittle now age wither shuddering certainty where before there was only intimidation. Safeguarding her secret, the muse makes a mockery of words. Meaningless words disperse with a piercing glance. Everything is born, suffers and perishes. The belly of being rumbles. Eternity beckons. 
In thinking about this poem, Eternity Beckons, there is a lot of imagery of Earth and its creative force and its mystery and its groanings, birth pains, this kind of mysterious spiritual nature, this invisibility of force, life force, if you will, that runs through everything. Lachia is noticing that, tapping into it, and being witness to it. It's really beautiful to me in these desert songs how much Yahia is witness to the barren places of desert that are also full of a certain kind of life. They are stripped bare of lush greenery, yes, but there is still a pulsating kind of life there. And this is a little chapbook, again, with six poems in it and some gorgeous photography that is much harder to get than his other works. To really appreciate these books, you have to savor them and read them again and again. So what I'm doing now is just giving you one little tiny taste. And I hope you'll take a whole spoonful and a few spoonfuls over and over again of his work and seek Yahia out for yourself. His name is spelled Y-A-H-I-A, last name Lababidi, L-A-B-A-B-I-D-I. Some of his other works are Signposts to Elsewhere, Where Epics Fail, Meditations to Live By, Trial by Ink, From Nietzsche to Belly Dancing, Fever Dreams, Balancing Acts, New and Selected Poems from 1993 to 2015, Barely There, Short Poems, Artist as Mystic, Revolutions of the Heart, Literary, Cultural, and Spiritual, and I had Yahia on my podcast to converse about that book. I will leave the link to this episode in the show notes at sparkmymuse.com for this episode if you'd like to get in on that conversation, which was really a delight. The final one is called Learning to Pray, A Book of Longing. This one I'm just digging into now, and I will be featuring it later on this summer. When you dig into Yahia's work, you are greeted with a sensuous banquet table for your whole self, your your soul, your heart, your mind, your senses. So don't deprive yourself of his poetry and aphorisms. They're truly a delight. In these troubled and trying times, I believe this is a real nourishment to us. I want to invite you to go to sparkmymuse.com today and check out the extras at the substack for this particular episode. It's sparkmymuse.substack.com. As a paid subscriber, you get a bunch of extras. Every post is completely open to you. That also helps support what I do. And your contributions are very important to me. I want to thank you if you're supporting at patreon.com or at my Substack page. If you support at Patreon at any amount above $5, you automatically will be added to a paid subscriber status at Substack, so just keep that in mind if you're interested. At Patreon, there are hundreds of articles that I've written that you will have access to there. I want to encourage you to continue to nourish and enrich your soul. In these troubled times, what we need to do is limit our doom scrolling, limit our 
information diet that has a lot of negativity in it, whether that's complaints from people, a hand wringing from people. Of course, we need to know what's happening in the news, but we don't need to seethe and dwell over it in ways that harm our well-being. If we're going to be sustained for the long haul, the long work of doing good in the world and being a resource of strength and encouragement to other people, we have to be very careful about what we do with our eyes and our ears and our hearts. So please be encouraged to treat yourself with respect, self-worth, and that means protecting yourself from what are many pollutants in the world that would have us languish and focus on the worst things in this world and feel hopeless about them. When we share our lives with each other and encourage each other and do good for other people, our strength is renewed. I hope you will keep that in mind, and I pray blessing and peace on you.